Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Hey you guys. In case you forgot, my name is Chloe and this is my dad. And we get to talk to you tonight a little bit about impact in the kingdom. And we're going to cover three main aspects of that. And that is prayer, service, and giving. And we just think it's really important for you to know a little bit about what God calls us to as followers of Jesus. So, I'm going to start off by telling you a little bit about our family. Um, There's six of us. It's my mom and dad, me, and three brothers. And I'd like to say that I learned to be a strong, independent woman as growing up with three brothers. But really, all I learned is that boys fart a lot. Boys out there, I know it's true. Um, So I'm anti-fart now. But other than that, we pretty much don't have a very typical American family story. We don't have a typical American family story. And that is because we didn't spend most of it, most of our lives, in America. Um, Before I was born, my parents answered God's call on their lives to become missionaries overseas. And so, I was born in Honduras, and I grew up in Costa Rica. If you don't know where that is, it's down south, it's past Mexico, right in between Panama and Nicaragua. And so, something really cool about being a missionary kid is that my parents were missionaries, but I was just a kid. I got to just live and watch them. And so, a big part of my life was spent watching them impact the kingdom. And even though I didn't always appreciate that as a kid, looking back, I know that that's a really huge gift. And so the first time that I can really remember choosing um, to follow their example was my freshman year of high school. And that was when we moved back to the United States for good. So how many of you, show of hands, um, have ever had to move either from one school to another or one house to another or one city or one state? Okay, so you guys all know a little bit about what I went through, right? Sometimes whenever you move, it can be a little bit confusing and you can get a little bit of some mixed emotions. And so even though I was really excited about a new move, I was also faced with some confusion and sadness and loneliness. And to be honest with you, for a while I was pretty angry at God for causing changes in my life that I didn't really think were necessary. And so I remember being faced with a choice. I could either stay mad at God or I could lean into him. And thankfully, because of my parents' example, I think, um, I chose to lean into him, and I began to invest in my relationship with God in a way that I hadn't ever before. And a big part of that was prayer. I'd always believed in God, and I'd given my life to him in baptism um, a few years before that. But I began to talk to him about everything. I talked to him about the reasons I was frustrated with him. I told him the things I was grateful for, and I asked him for wisdom, and I asked him for help. And I asked him for open doors. And pretty soon, he started to answer those prayers and he started to open doors. And he began to soften my heart and take away my bitterness and give me gratitude instead. And so, um, he gave me a community. He gave me friends, some of them, like Emily. You guys know her. Um, She was one of those first friends that he gave me. And she's still someone in my life that um, he continually blesses me through. And um, he allowed me to be invested in, and then he began to allow me to invest in others, and I got to bring friends to church, and I got to have cool conversations, and one of my favorite doors that was opened was the chance to go on some mission trips, and I want to tell you about one of those. One of my mission trips was to Romania, and that's in Eastern Europe, and 
The first day that I got there, I had this feeling that God wanted me to share my testimony. But I was really scared that I was going to chicken out. And so I found one of my leaders. His name was Mike. And I said, Mike, I think God wants me to share my testimony, but I'm scared that I won't do it. So I want you to hold me accountable. And he said, okay, Chloe, you're going to share your testimony on this trip. And what I didn't know that was that one of the things we were going to get to do was spend time with some girls in an orphanage called Casa Joseph. And there were eight of them, and they were awesome. And we got to just hang out with them and hear their stories and invest in them. And one night, Mike said, Chloe, tonight you're sharing your testimony. And the cool thing is that a few of those girls were in the process of being adopted. And they were going to be moving to the United States, to a new place, to a new school, where they didn't have any friends, and they were scared. And their story sounded a lot like mine. And so, at one point in my life, I was mad at God for making my life hard. And then just a few years down the road, I was grateful to God for making my life hard. Because he had given me an opportunity to connect with girls, some girls that I wouldn't have been able to connect with otherwise. And I got to look them in the eye and say, what you're going through, I've been through. And it's worth it because God is good and he can redeem every hard situation. So, the cool thing is that I don't think any of that would have happened if I hadn't acknowledged my need for God, if I hadn't stopped being mad at him and chosen to invest in my relationship with him, and that all started with prayer. Something really important to remember is that God calls us to do things, but he never calls us to to do them alone. He gave me a community to surround me and to help me and to pour into and to be poured into by, and he reminded me daily that he's with me and that I need him. And so he's with us when we struggle, and he's with us when we overcome our struggles. And wherever he sends us, he's already there, and he goes with us. And so that is just one small portion of my life, one season, and one example of when I learned that prayer is really important for impact, and first God impacts you, and then he empowers you to impact others. So that's my part of the story, and then my dad is going to share a little bit about service and giving. Yeah. Since I'm a teacher, I'm going to give you just a little bit of a Bible lesson. It's very short. Nobody get upset. But Mark 10, 45 is the verse that talks about service. And that's where Jesus says, For the Son of Man did not come uh, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, to give his life to other people. And Chloe just said that we're called to make an impact. We're called to do that, but God doesn't ask us to do that alone. Even when Jesus did that and said that, he was in a community. He had the people around him that God had given him, his disciples, uh, as well as the community that was out there. The church is called to impact, and one of the ways we're called to impact is to serve. The question we can ask then is, how can I make an impact by serving? Well, we have served uh, the Hispanic community, let's say, because we did that in Central America. We did it here in Missouri for about 17 years and about 17 years of that experience has taught me something that I'd like to share with you and suggest to you tonight. That one of the best ways that you can impact people in serving is by simply doing the unexpected. Okay? Simply doing the unexpected. That's what we actually see Jesus referring to in that passage that has that verse that we have up here. Uh, the verse uh, Mark 10, 45. The first part of that passage, Jesus is talking about his death. He is like predicting that he is going to suffer and die, okay? And the people were like amazed that he would be talking about that because like if you're going to be the Messiah, like they were pretty sure Jesus was the Messiah, that's not something that you do. You should be strong. You should never lose. You should never get hurt. You should never die. 
And so he was talking about some very unexpected things that were going to happen to him. Uh, Not unexpected for him, but unexpected for them. But then the next, very next thing that you see in that passage is that two of Jesus' disciples, uh, James and John, they're talking with the other disciples about like wanting to be a leader in Jesus' kingdom. But they were talking about and saying, well, the way we want to do that is we want to be somebody great. We want to be somebody great. And that was very normal because that's what all the leaders of their culture and their society would do. They would be uh, in charge of people and boss people around. And Jesus said, no, actually the reality is this. If you want to be a leader, you have to actually be less. Think of yourself less than other people. You have to be humble in your spirit. You have to be kind. And you need to serve the people that you are leading. That was totally unexpected. Okay? So that scripture shows us something about the unexpectedness of serving other people. Okay? Now, you guys probably know uh, a lot about that stuff. You've heard some lessons and things at church and Sunday school. And you know that Jesus, all of his life, had been doing unexpected things, right? Because no one expected somebody like Jesus to touch sick people. Nobody expected someone like Jesus to, um, to eat with liars and thieves. Nobody really expected Jesus to give food to poor people and hang out with them and have fun with them. Those were unexpected ways. All of those were incredibly unexpected in the time that Jesus lived. I think they're probably unexpected now. So Jesus gives us that uh, example. I want to tell you a story of something that happened to me that was very unexpected when we lived in Honduras. That was the first five years that we lived overseas, and that's actually where Chloe was born. Um, When we lived in Honduras, I did my very best to serve the people in very expected ways. In other words, like, okay, I'm a missionary, so I'm going to do missionary things, right? I'm going to teach the people about Jesus. I helped with worship. And there were even times when we had the chance to give food, clothing, uh, shelter to some of the very very poorest of the poor. Uh, Honduras is one of the, the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. And so those things people understood But there were some other things that we got to do too. Some crazy things that I probably wouldn't tell you about tonight. If you ask me, I might tell you another time. But one thing I did a lot of was give people rights. Give people rights. And maybe that was expected. I gave a lot of rights to a lot of people in the five years that we lived there. One night, though, I was actually served by the Honduran people in an extremely unexpected way. Here's how it happened. It was late, and I was taking people home uh, from a church event of some kind. My assignment that night, because we would split up who would take people where, my assignment that night was to take people home to a neighborhood called uh, La Suazo. It was named after a Honduran president. It's in the northern part of the city of Honduras, or the city of Tegucigalpa in Honduras. It's extremely poor and very similar to many places in Honduras. There were gangs that were operating there, okay? So this was not like the nicest place in Honduras. The reason 
that we drove four by four trucks. They have a picture. That's, I found this picture, and of course it's a little, a little grainy because we didn't have digital pictures then, right? I had to take a picture of this and make a slide out of it. That was like my first four-wheel drive truck. I was so stoked. We drove those things around, not because it was fun, although it was fun. It was because so many of the places where we worked, the roads weren't paved. They were like dirt roads, and if it rained, and it rained you know, during the rainy season, it was muddy, extremely muddy. So we had to go into the neighborhoods that way, and you could pile a ton of people in these things too, just in the back and, and everywhere. The roads were so bad in La Suaso, and it was in a hilly part of Tegucigalpa, that you could not drive, even in a four-wheel drive, you could not drive up the hill road in front of it to get to people's houses. You had to drive around behind it and go up a gentler slope so that you could get somewhat up there and somewhat into the, to the neighborhood, and then people would get off and they would be able to not have a very long walk into their houses. Well, I did that that night. I went as far as I could into the neighborhood so they wouldn't have to walk so far. I went as far as I could with good road. You understand? And then, that night, I went so far in, I was in new territory that I'd not been in before. I couldn't see. It was dark. And so I asked my friends, I said, is there a place close by where I could turn around? Because otherwise, I am backing all the way out of there. I did not want to do that in the dark at night. And they said, yeah, just about 20 yards down there. Of course, they said meters in Honduras. 20 metros para allá. They said, down here, that's where all the taxis turn around. No problem. Thank you. And so I went. I found the spot that they told me about. And as I am carefully making my good three-point turn in my four-wheel drive, suddenly my right front tire falls over into this huge drainage ditch. It is deeper than what this stage is. I've got a picture of what these ditches look like. That is a drainage ditch in Honduras. And the front right tire goes, you know what happens then if your front right tire does that? Your back left tire goes like this. And it is like a foot and a half, two foot in the air, and it is spinning. I can go nowhere, okay? Um, Even in a four-wheel drive, I was not a good driver, I'm trying to get out of there, and the more I tried, the more noise it made, and the more people start coming, because there's nothing else to do in a neighborhood like that. They are watching. This is exciting to see this person doing this, and I started to get scared. I thought, what if I never get my truck out of here? But then I thought, if I don't get my truck out of here, how am I getting home tonight? It got worse. I got even more scared when suddenly a group of young men who look to me like gang members and thieves, okay? This is a picture of people who happen to be in the Calle 18 gang. That would be just one of the famous ones. They didn't look just like that, but I thought they did, right? They come and they join the crowd and they're watching all of this. Everybody's laughing by now. Here's the white missionary trying to get his stuck four-wheel drive out. And then something unexpected happened. These guys started climbing on the back of my truck and standing on the bumper and making the truck bounce up and down and up and down. And I'm inside going, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Silver thro- several thoughts ran through my head at that moment. First of all, it's like, they're making fun of me. And then I thought, no, they're trying to scare me. They want my truck. <laughs> and I thought, no, they're just probably showing off, you know, it's a crowd, they're just making fun. And then I finally figured out what they were doing. Every time they came down on my truck, 
my tire grabbed the pavement very hard. And so people are telling me, I couldn't hardly understand. They said, keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And as they kept doing that, and I kept trying to jerk my truck out of that ditch, it came out. They knew exactly what to do. And so uh, when that happened, obviously I was very relieved. I was very amazed. I was very thankful. I did thank them. And then I got my truck and I got out of there. (laughs) And I got home safely that night. An example of unexpected kindness, okay? Unexpected kindness in a moment when I was expecting something normal, like either being made fun of or being robbed, okay? Those are both normal in Honduras. And they had a very deep impact on me. It helped me to realize in a new way that no matter what, God's promises are true. It didn't matter if I was trying to do missionary things that are expected or I'm stuck in a ditch because I was trying to do the right thing. God says he will never leave us or forsake us. We have another promise found in Hebrews 13, 6, and it says this. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? When we decide to serve in unexpected ways, the fear of what might actually happen to us, that's a real temptation. Another way we can make an impact is by giving of our resources, giving our money, giving our things, giving our food, whatever it is. That also can be very scary. Another time, there was another missionary. His name was the Apostle Paul. He's in the Bible, right? And he was traveling around, and he was collecting donations for people who were in a famine. They were experiencing a famine, a lack of food in another part of the world, actually around Jerusalem. And they, he went to one place called Macedonia, and the people gave so much that later on he said this. He said, they did not do as we expected But they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Those followers of Jesus in Macedonia did that. They did it in an unexpected way because it was out of extreme poverty. They were very poor people, just like people in Honduras. And yet, they gave their money in spite of tremendous fear. Why were they afraid? Because if they gave what they had, they did not know if they would still have what they needed to live. That makes an impact. God tells us that if he is our helper, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid to serve in unexpected ways, and we don't have to be afraid to give in unexpected ways in service to other people. Right now, we're going to have an opportunity uh, to impact in a significant way by giving. Uh, We're going to look at a video here, and I think you'll be impressed with it, no doubt. But think about that. Uh, sometimes it isn't just the giving or the serving, it's doing it in an unexpected way that can really make a difference for the other people. Thank you, guys. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.